everyone. Happy, most boring day in August and welcome to What's Left of the News Agenda with me, Fleet Street Fox. And today I'm joined by the Mirror's Deputy Online Political Editor, Lizzie Bakken. Morning, Lizzie. Morning. We're a bit late today, so we've been trying to find some news for you. But this is the People's Pay-Per-View, so get into the comments, ask us your questions. Those of you listening later on podcasts will just have to remember that it is the dog days of silly season and we're all just trying the best we can. So what have we got for you today? Well, the mirror has splashed on one of the victims of killer nurse Beverly Allett, who murdered babies in hospital nearly 30 years ago, and the disturbing similarities with the recent Lucy Letby case. Now, all that most recent case has had a serious impact on Kayleigh Asher, who was left with learning disabilities by Alit, and it's very much worth your time searching that story out to read it in full. Now, it is a pretty dry day news-wise as we come to the end of the summer break. It's so bad that the Lib Dem leader, Ed Davey, is probably going to get some actual coverage of a planned visit today to Nadine Dorries' constituency, where presumably he will be dressed in a full Sherlock Holmes costume trying to hunt her down. But all we're really waiting for is tonight's perp walk by the loser ex-president Donald Trump as he's charged with conspiracy to overthrow the US election of 2020. Now, what do you think about this, everybody? Are you going to be glued to your televisions tonight? Do you not care? Do you think it matters? Do you think he shouldn't be there? Get into the comments and let us know. But first, let us adjourn to page 16, where I want uh, you warn you now, if you haven't had your breakfast, uh, there are some shocking images of the results of a brutal dog attack on Jenny Lawrenson, who spent three days in hospital after being mauled. Now, Jenny runs an Airbnb flat, and when the guests were causing a disturbance, she went round to tell them they had to leave. They demanded their money back, and when Jenny insisted, she says an English bull terrier, I think it was, called Kaiser, was set on her while the owner, a TikTok influencer called Holly Snellgar, sat and laughed. Now, that's all bad enough, but Jenny has now discovered that Kaiser was not destroyed, as they usually are, um, and is due to be returned to Snellgar, who has merely been sentenced to some community service and a promise to undertake eight training sessions with her dog. Now, Lizzie, the Mirror's been campaigning for better laws on dangerous dogs for a while, and it seems like this is a perfect example of how the existing ones just are not fit for purpose, are they? Yeah, there's been a, a sort of space of quite unpleasant and attacks in the last couple of years and we've been campaigning for a while now for an overhaul of the dangerous dogs act so kind of an urgent review of the law considering tougher penalties for owners and also enforcement of the rules to stop um illegal and irresponsible breeding and selling of dogs so dogs that are more likely to be dangerous um, and also just public uh, public information campaign to promote the promote responsible dog ownership and the need for training obviously in this case there's clearly some bit, a dog that was dangerously out of control in a in a space that was clearly totally unfit and yeah you can see this this piece obviously we've spoken to Lawrenson who's very distressed by what happened to her and clearly feels that she hasn't received you know that justice hasn't been done in terms of uh, the owner of the dog and the dog itself. Yeah I, it's, it's pretty horrific and there are, we do have some some quotes from her. Louise says, it sounds like an owner's problem, not the dog. Punish the owners in these cases. Well, in this particular case, Louise, well, one of the things that, that Jenny, the victim, says is like if she was attacked by 
uh, someone wielding a knife or a gun that, um, you know, it, it wouldn't have been given back to her. She says this wasn't a dog being out of control. This was a dog being used as a weapon against me. It's like giving a criminal back his gun. Um, and in this particular instance, she says that what happened is when she asked them to leave, um, Snowgar set the dog on her and sat there and laughed as the dog attacked her and her partner several times on their way out the door. Now, it's pretty grim. And she was told that there was going to be a destruction order for the dog, which, you know, is one of those things. It's not really the dog's fault, but they were going to destroy the dog. She's now been told they're not going to destroy the dog and they're going to give it back to the owner so long as she does eight training sessions. Now, I've been in training sessions uh, with um, various puppies and that that have joined the family, Lizzie. There's always one or two who aren't as well looked after as the others. It's more than possible to get through training school with a badly behaved dog, uh, with barely any control over animal at all, really. I mean, you know, and the fact is that she could have perfect control of Kaiser. We don't know. It's not really explained in this piece. But if she's able to set her dog onto someone, she's obviously in control of it. So mm. having puppy classes is is not going to help the dog. It's it's the owner's brain that's the slight issue here. And there's no guarantee that if they did do this training session, that there be any less risk to the general public as a result. I mean, the, the, you, you have to start asking yourself, what on earth was the judge thinking that he thought some dog lessons were going to fix this? Because mm, there's a difference, obviously, like you say, between dogs that are poorly trained and are sort of get excited and or angry and are unable to control their emotions and they're, and attack people or attack attack other dogs and people who have trained their dogs to do their bidding and to use their dogs almost as a weapon which is the suggestion in this piece of what happened um so yeah I mean it seems you know she clearly feels that she's not been that her, she's potentially still at risk and that also that others are still at risk because this this dog might be returned to its owner and that therefore there might be you know this sort of thing could happen again and it it certainly seems from, you know, from what Jenny's told the mirror that she doesn't feel that that the courts have been tough enough, considering mm. that, I mean, the pictures of her injuries are pretty grim. It's clearly a really unpleasant and like diff and traumatic experience. And no, it's not something that, you know, the, the court is supposed to the courts and the justice system are supposed to be prevent getting justice for those victims and also preventing things like that from happening again and it's yeah, unclear exactly. whether they've the, taken the, enough steps to do that the courts don't seem to have quite the right powers uh, or even the quite right, right awareness sometimes as to how to deal with it but if you're i would suggest I mean, what do you think everybody do you think that this is a fair and reasonable response i mean the dog hasn't been destroyed maybe that's for the best but should it go back to that owner i mean i would suggest that if you're prepared to let your dog bite someone and allegedly sit there and laugh, then you probably aren't going to give two hoots for dog training classes. And surely the right thing to do is, at the very least, is ban her from owning a dog again and ensure that Kaiser, if, she's, if he's not going to be destroyed, to be rehomed, retrained by someone who knows what they're doing and isn't that kind of person. I mean, that would, you know, confiscate the dog and give it to someone who's going to be able to, to make it a good dog. Would, would appear to be one of the better things but I don't think we've even got the legal right to do that have they at the moment courts they can they can confiscate mm -hmm. some things but they can't take your property away in like quite like that I don't think so it's one of those issues where um you know it, the the courts are just not keeping up with the with the um, the impact that something's having on society but maybe if we actually get a government where um they 
do have their ear to the ground, they would be able to do that. Ricky says there is no such thing as a bad dog, only a bad owner. There is not a puppy born in the world, uh, American bull terrier, mastiff or otherwise, who wants to bite a human being. You have to actually train them to do it, um, I would suggest. So this obviously is quite a clear sign that more needs to be done. Um, now, the biggest story of the day. And it's not actually in the paper because it hasn't happened yet, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, so in an event that he and his lawyers have arranged to hit prime time mass ratings, the loser ex-president, Donald Trump, uh, is going to walk into Fulton County Sheriff's Office in Georgia to be charged with racketeering in a conspiracy to steal votes and overthrow the 2020 election. Now, Lizzie, he is so keen on everyone knowing about this he's been posting the time and place on his social media network he's absolutely milking this for all the publicity he can get isn't he yeah it's it's extraordinary that he's kind of you know treating this as it's some sort of well i suppose he's treating it as it's some sort of election event which in a way it is um so trump has obviously been has to present himself to fulton county sheriff by midday uh midday their time so I think that's about 5 p.m here mm. um and he's clearly you know not doing this quietly in any way he's been talking about it a lot you know he clearly wants the work like the world the his his supporters to see this happening to him um and obviously an, an ordinary politician would perhaps not want <laughs> making a lot of their sort of yeah, they're asked to go in the back door wouldn't they normally yeah. Totally. And, you know, Trump is facing a number of criminal, you know, he's been a number of criminal charges in several in a number of different places. You know, he's already been um, he's you know, this this uh, latest round of kind of accusations about um, conspiracy around the 2020 election result um, in Georgia. It comes after, you know, he's been he's been uh, up before the authorities in New York, in Florida um, and also in D.C. And so this is all kind of part of this bigger picture of all of this you know of the kind of I suppose the establishment versus him that he's sort of putting to his supporters as mm. you know this is them trying to stop me they're trying to bring me down you know um and him this way that he presents himself as being an outsider candidate even though he's been the president and also has been as part of the American elite for like for many many years exactly. so, a man who inherited millions of pounds who has lost billions of pounds, who doesn't seem uh, to have to pay the same taxes as everybody else or face the same laws as everybody else, um, is saying that he's he's an outsider is uh, is kind of just astonishing. Maybe he just means he's the only person with skin colour like that and he's in a minority of, of tangerine. Um, now, this is the first... For the first 234 years, right, of America's history, no president ever got indicted for anything. Um, or former president for that matter, but that all changed this year. In the space of four and a half months, which is what is uh, 16, 18 weeks, in the space of 18 weeks, Donald Trump was charged in four criminal cases. Um, in New York, he's facing 34 felony counts in connection with hush money payments to porn star Stormy Daniels. In Florida, he's facing another 40 felony counts for hoarding classified documents and impeding efforts to retrieve them. Those are the papers that he hid in his bathroom. And in Washington, D.C., he's got another four felony counts for his efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Now, that is already 78 charges. 
right? But in Georgia now, he faces another 13, which is what, 91? 91 counts together for his election interference in Georgia when he was asking officials to find him some votes. Um, now, he's just indicted in all these things. He's just charged. And all this is yet to play out. Um, now, he's, he's milking all this for publicity. He, he plainly wants attention for it. But everybody, what do you think? Should he be getting it? Should we just ignore him at this point? Is he just um, a, you know, a, an alleged criminal who is not worth notice? Or is this something that we should be paying attention to? Is the publicity he's going to get, Lizzie, actually any good? Because, you know, what Trump is publicising, basically, is his alleged criminality, isn't it? Um, the, the ability that he has to polarise people. Judging from how all his many previous sort of post-power court cases have gone, uh, the way they've been conducted, he's going to lose, bigly. I mean, if, if you're facing 91 charges, you've only got to be convicted on some of them, and you're going down. Um, and here's a president being accused of organised crime at the very heart of America's democracy. Carl says... Trump will be the GOP candidate and will go on to annihilate sleepy Joe Biden. None of the charges will stick. All they're doing is promoting Trump. Yes, but Carl, this is the point. They're promoting him as a criminal. It's like giving publicity to Al Capone. You know, does it mean that Al Capone's going to get voted for? No, it just means everyone knows he's Al Capone and he goes around baseballing people in the head or whatever. This is going to enrage and delight and enliven his base, isn't it, Lizzie? But the rest of America is not his base and that they're in the majority. So they're going to they're going to be horrified that the way this all plays out, aren't they? Well, I wonder whether it all it does is um, sort of entrench the positions that people already have. So Donald Trump's supporters who believe he was unfairly treated, you know, that he should have won the election maybe buy into some of the conspiracies that he's been he peddled at the time and that he's continued to promote around it. Um, they're only going this is only going to further fuel their sort of sense of injustice and their support for him and then people who hate him and consider him rightly to be a terrible president and someone with at best very sort of dubious grasp of the law. Um, those people are going to continue not to vote for him. I suppose there's only the only thing that matters in that is the people in the middle, whether there were any, whether you can get, you can peel people off from Trump's, who voted Trump last time, who see this and just think, you know what, this is too much. Like this is, he's clearly sort of on another planet. Um, or whether, you know, whether you can get enough to basically get that over the line. But I mean, we do have to remember as well that he's not even the Republican candidate yet. Yeah. I think there's a debate going on later today with like, some of the other people put throwing themselves in the ring, like uh, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, that sort of thing. And while that's going on, he's going to present himself to Fulton County Sheriff. So that tells you everything you need to know kind of about where the race is. But ultimately, you know, he is still very popular amongst Republicans. And I don't know. It's hard to see where this goes. I mean, obviously, it's giving him a, pla a huge platform for better or for worse. But if he gets found guilty, if he gets convicted, you know, the timing, what happens if he's the candidate and some of these charges stick or he becomes president and some of these charges stick? What, what do you do then? Inside a jail cell is a, is a whole new 
thing. I mean, lots of presidents do end up in jail, says, but they usually stop being a president when that happens and someone else takes over. Mike says Trump could be the first presidential candidate to campaign from inside a jail cell. Um, it's all kind of astonishing, but when it comes to his popularity, um, oh, someone's ringing me, go away. When it comes to his popularity, um, it does seem that it's been a bit on the slip. So overall, in America, the latest polls have shown that over time, uh, only a third of Americans have have a favourable view of Donald Trump these days. Nearly two thirds, 63% have an unfavourable view. Now, that is a, a big enough chunk you'd have thought that you're not going to become president just isn't going to happen but within the republican party which of course has been very trumpist for a long time uh trumpety maybe um they did have a 75 percent favorable rating for him uh last year and that slipped to 66 so they've he's dropped 10 points in the past year as all these charges have come through now you've got a whole bunch of Republicans who are kind of, they want to run for, they want to be the candidate, don't they? And they want to run. People like Nikki Haley, the former UN ambassador, and Ron DeSantis. And they're all doing quite badly because they're not getting the publicity. What Donald Trump's really good at is getting the publicity and doing the PR and the spin. He's soaking up all the oxygen, isn't he? And he's getting all the attention within the Republican Party as well, which leaves the other potential candidates just struggling to make any headway at all. Mm. And I think maybe that's the thing. He's kind of he's not necessarily aiming at the presidency. He's aiming at the nomination mm. um, and, and hoping other things fall into line afterwards. And frankly, if he goes on trial for all this stuff, his base is going to be really motivated to get out and vote for him in the primaries, make him their candidate. It's going to be a huge division, huge arguments about it. Um, and then, you know, a, a year or so down the line when there's actually a, a you know, what, well, a, a presidential election, that's that's all something else. He's not even worrying about that, I think. he just He's just going to do a really good job of, of soaking up that nomination, isn't he? Yeah, he's totally soaking up the oxygen. You're entirely right. And I think for the other candidates as well, obviously, they don't want to be, you know, they don't want to be seen to be the ones who are like trying to knife him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they don't want to alienate people who do support him, who might be able to come over to their side if they got the nomination. Um, so you can see that there's a bit of tentativeness there, but obviously that means that no one's really challenging him and he's just continuing to take up all the space. And one of the things that's interesting about the charges in Georgia as well is that um, they, their legal system means that I think some of it could potentially be televised. So obviously in the other you know, this is a real kind of media circus because, you know, at, at this, um, when he arrives there today, he could potentially get a mugshot, he could get fingerprinted, you know, be treated like an ordinary person who's presenting themselves, turning themselves in to face charges. Um, and th so that's all kind of adds to this picture. And then, yeah, I think the courts in Georgia can potentially televise some of their hearings if they want mm -hmm. to. So imagine if that does happen, the kind of capacity for taking up the airwaves will be even greater if you can watch people can watch Trump on trial and that sort of thing mm. but then what does that mean for the next presidential race what do you think everybody because as as uh, I think it was Kevin pointed out earlier on um you you Carl sorry it, you're gonna have Joe Biden as the Democratic candidate unless he just falls permanently asleep between now and then um and 
Biden and Trump again is going to make a lot of people turn off a little bit. Now, Trump's ahead among Republican voters. um, But, you know, even when he won the election, Trump was less popular than Al Gore, who lost. He's less popular than Mitt Romney, who lost. And they both conceded defeat. If the Republicans back Trump and he loses, then Biden will probably be the next president. He'll be even older and even sleepier. Uh, and how how divided is America going to be after after they've had another rerun of that incredibly? I mean, oh, I just I'm a little bit sad for America because I can't see any way through this unless the Republican comes out and says, Do you know what? This isn't what the Republican Party should be. Let's take our party back. Let's be the GOP, the Grand Old Party again, and let's not do this guy. I mean, that's the only way through it, isn't it? I think you're you're completely right. Like at the moment, it just looks like it it looks so knotty. Like how there there don't seem to be many paths through this, and a repeat of the last presidential race would just be, I mean, so, so damaging. And and also, I think you know because that's all been played out once already. If you've got Trump versus Biden again it's only going to be a more extreme version of the last mm. time because Trump has already done everything he can to have a go at Joe Biden or sleepy Joe Biden um, in, in the first race. So if he's going to take him on again, uh, he will obviously have to crank up his crank up his tactics. And I just think, you know, for, for America as a nation, that is a very unpleasant space to be a divisive space to be in when there's so many problems that actually need to be solved. Um, and, you know, I'm a bit, I'm sort of a little apprehensive about our next election. So I think theirs is a lot, there's a much worse than, much worse than our. We don't have anybody that colour, at least, um, no. who's going to be running in the next election. Um, and the thing is that, you know, when, when they, do this uh they're going to have um a trial which is going to be supposed to be very quick the georgia prosecutor says she wants it to happen super super quick but it involves a lot of co-conspirators one of them is rudy giuliani who is the former mayor of new york and as mayor of new york was a zero tolerance crime busting lock them all up for chewing gum kind of guy and there are some great stories coming out from um new york at the moment um, one of which is saying that the many members of the New York mob, who he used to use racketeering charges to lock up when he was mayor, are cheering and delighted that now racketeering charges are being brought against Rudy Giuliani. And the quote in the New York Daily News is that those guys are all really love Trump, but they hate Rudy uh, because he's the one who locked them up. So they're, you know, if the if the mafia are going against you, then you've probably got a bit of a a bit of a bad look there you go crime buster rudy now a defendant what a what a sad thing to see um but with all these other co-conspirators they're all going to have their own legal teams aren't they lizzie they all that will just slow it down automatically some of them are going to be trying to appeal and get their clients off and all the rest of it but it does look like the run-up to the next election somehow or another is going to be dominated by these court cases is it healthy? Does it does it show democracy and the system working well? Is it therefore, you know, a good thing and it just you've got to let the process happen? Or does it mean that America is just not going to be debating the issues that it should be ahead of a, a big national vote? You know, it's going to come down again to your sleepy granddad or the, the orange lunatic, isn't it? 
Yeah, in a, I mean, in a way, yes, but, and it wouldn't be a normal, I don't see how you could have a normal presidential race if Trump was the candidate and was in the middle of all of these legal battles. Um, but then you have this, but then on the other side, like you say, this, some of this stuff has to be done. You know, he behaved in such an extraordinary way when he was president. And it seemed, there was many times where it sort of seemed like there was no way of kind of, nothing would stick. There was no way of kind of getting him to sort of apologize or feel or face any consequences for any of his actions. And so I think in a way it's important for kind of, you know, I suppose for, for the public to, to see consequences for actions, whatever they are. Um, but it is going to make for a very different kind of presidential race if Trump does get the nomination, because how are they going to sit there and talk about sort of school standards and things like that, which is yeah. really important for a lot of people. But when this is all going on in the background. Exactly. And it's, it's arguably had a bit of an impact on Biden's first administration anyway, as it is. Uh, Herbie on Facebook says that he's going to abscond. There's no way he's going to he's going to face jail. He'll he'll leg it and be president in exile somehow or another, which is kind of the role he's already doing. Carl says Carl's back. Says what well, you have to ask yourself: Who would you rather run the biggest economy in the world, Biden or Trump? One falls asleep but can't string a coherent sentence together, and the other is a successful, diverse businessman. Unfortunately, Carl, he's not a very successful businessman. He's gone bankrupt an awful lot of times, and that has not been a ploy. That's because he went out of money, and there was an analysis done i think it was by the new york times but i can't be sure but you, if you find if you google this phrase you'll be able to find it there's an analysis done of the millions of dollars that trump inherited as a young man from his father when he died fred trump and they they put that amount of money right in the and they they said if he had just invested that cash in the basic investment portfolio the standard and poor thing that just you know ticked up by so many percent a year very quietly and it said and i quote if he had just invested that money and spent the rest of his life finger painting donald trump would have more cash than he's got now he's lost billions he is not a successful businessman he is a very poor businessman if you or i carl had lost as much money or as proportion of our wealth there you go Thank you very much. Somehow, Will in the back there has managed to find the thing I've immediately just mentioned. He would be richer if he just stuck it in the in the Fortune 500, basically. And if if we have lost that much as a proportion of our wealth that whatever we inherit from our parents, we would be in jail, mate, just for losing the cash. Never mind Trump. So let's end this successful businessman business, right? Because it's not at all. Anyway. We'll have to wait and see what happens later on. As Lizzie said, it should be about five o'clock. It should be on the evening news, I would have thought, tonight at six. But we'll probably carry um, some of the Trump perp walk here on the Mirror's social channel. So do come back and have a look and pass your comments on that when he does. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much fake tan he's put on uh, for the show. Now, we have found some good news in the world. Uh, and here it is. Now, this is a world first, and it's happened in Britain. Two sisters have been able to swap wombs to allow them both to have children. One woman who already had two kids donated hers to her sister, who was born without, in a 17-hour operation carried out in Oxford in a world first, and she's already had her first period and is due to have frozen embryos implanted so she can have her own baby. Now, Lizzie, you know, in the past week, 
the NHS and all it stands for has had a hell of a knocking, thanks to Lucy Letby and all the failings in that case. But is this proof that, you know, on the whole, the NHS is still doing amazing, groundbreaking things like this, and it's, it's going to help everybody in the long run because of the stuff they find out about how to do it? Yeah, I mean, this is this is an extraordinary bit of incredible bit of research and science that they've managed to do this. And like, imagine that imagine the pressure of trying of trying to carry that out, that kind of transplant for the first time. Um, and the fact that it's been done, that it's viable, that, you know, that this woman, these obviously these women haven't been named, but this older woman has done this for her sister, which is an extraordinary thing to mm-hmm. do. Um, yeah, it's a really exciting, it's a really exciting development and just also shows how much kind of progress is being made in the UK in terms of kind of medical advancements and that sort of thing. And like you say, you know, it's been a tough week for the NHS, but I think the Lucy Letby thing, what happened with Lucy Letby was absolutely grotesque and horrifying. Um, but that is not what the NHS is. And it, it is so horrifying because it is such it is. She is very much the minority and that, you know, our health service is something really to be proud of. And when, you know, our medical communities and our scientists are doing incredible work, um, you know, I think that this is a a small, you know, a, a nice thing for for us to see um, you know, that these things are possible. And if this is possible, what else could be? Exactly. And one of those things like maybe that other people don't have the same problems necessarily, but they're going to learn an awful lot from doing those kind of transplants, from uh, how they're going to use and treat and, and um, you know, use immune suppressing drugs to keep that womb functioning in the woman's body while she's having babies and things like that is going to produce an awful lot of good science and research and it helped lots of other people as well. And perhaps we could all just during the culture wars, we could take a moment to stand back and just stop this thing where people say, you know, you're only a woman or you're only a man if you have functioning reproductive organs of the right sort, because there are lots of people who are raised and live as men and women who just don't have the right bits or have the bits and they're not doing quite the thing they're supposed to do. There is a huge diversity of human life and not every woman does have a womb, I'm afraid. But the rest of the issues about trans debates will leave to another day because there are other issues going on. Right, thank you very much for joining us, Lizzie. Thank you for taking us through all this. We managed half an hour when there's no news. That's how good the news agenda is. Um, thank you for that. We are not going to be here on Monday because it's a bank holiday. Woo-hoo! Day off uh, from trying to find the news in, in late summer. But we'll be back this time next week, next Wednesday, for another edition of the News Agenda Explained. Until then, everybody, look after yourselves. Uh, enjoy Donald Trump's purple this evening, and we'll see you again next week. Till then, tatty bye. Thank you.